Bears just recently celebrated their one-year anniversary. That's a big deal. It's a special deal. And they woke up, and all of a sudden she said, Honey, happy anniversary. And he said, Happy anniversary. I can't wait for us to go about our lives and our days and get back from work so we can celebrate our anniversary with a wonderful dinner. She said, That sounds great. So they go off about their normal day and their normal routine. They get ready and they go to work. And so there she is in her normal routine of her normal job, of her normal day. So she's right about lunchtime, walking around in the hallway of her normal day and turns to the hallway and there he is, a surprise visitor. It's her husband. Now I have to tell you, this part of the story, we have no record of what officially was said. We know what she heard, but let the record show that we have no idea what he said officially because there are conflicting reports. But what we do know is what she heard, and she heard him say to her, Honey, I'm about to take you on the most romantic, the most wonderful, the most bestestest, perfectest, romanticest anniversary lunch in the history of anniversary lunches. So she dropped everything and followed. They got in the car and they're traveling for about 15 minutes and he said, honey, I really want this to be a surprise. Do you mind just closing your eyes? Not at all closed her eyes. She even put her hands upon her eyes just for good measure. A few minutes later, the car stops, and then he comes out and begins to guide her out of the car, and then he puts his hands on top of hers and guides her into a restaurant, and there she's standing, and finally, he lets go, and he did one of these, yeah, I did good, right? He did one of those things, and she said, oh, no, are are you serious? Seriously? She did one of those, are are you kidding me right now? He took her to Wendy's. (laughs) He realized what he had done, and very quickly he said, no, no, wait, hold on a minute. You don't understand. Don't you remember? We went to Wendy's on our first date. Yeah. She couldn't help herself, though. Like, she had a lot of emotion going on. <laughs> she was really excited and such anticipation and in such disappointment and frustration. So right there in the lobby of Wendy's, she can't help it. And she goes, I hate Wendy's. <laughs> All of a sudden, the whole lunch crowd starts to press upon her. And that lunch crowd starts to move her toward the counter at Wendy's. And her husband took her by the arm and they slowly walked out without saying a word. Got back in the car. They ended up two blocks down the road at her favorite restaurant, which was Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) I think that story is a moment in their relationship. I think that day is a marker in their relationship. That's a memory. That's a moment. That's a marker that they are never going to forget because that's a day that impacted their lives. 
It's an important day for them. And they're going to be talking about it in five years, in 15 years, in 55 years. That's a moment. Don't we all have those moments in our lives, those memories, those markers? And in an instant, we can go right back to them. Just one word, and we can go back to that mental image of where we were. We all have those moments, those memories. Some of those markers are times of celebration at an anniversary, a wedding, a graduation, a birth. Some of those moments have great significance. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a death. Maybe it's a treatment plan. Sometimes those moments are completely embarrassing, like the entire moment of junior high. <laughs> this past week, we let our son watch the Grammys. Not the night of watching the live Grammys, more of the few days fast-forwarded version of the Grammys. And we were letting him listen to some of the music. And he said, wow, Mom, did you ever listen to Dolly Parton? Wow, Mom, do you like this artist? Do you like that artist? Hey, Mom, who are the Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> All of a sudden, in an instant, I was back on the stage of my youth group talent show as a backup dancer in junior high while the youth group president sang one of those songs. Don't remember what it is, but that was a moment for me. <laughs> Had to shake it off a bit because that was the day in my life. That was the moment when I realized the horrible, awkward truth my dance teacher had already shared with me. I don't dance well. <laughs> I try, but that was a moment for me. I knew at that moment I am not a dancer. It was an important memory. I'll tell you another story that impacted the lives of three men. They'll never forget this day. There were three men. Two of them were brothers. And they were fishermen. And they invited another man to join their fishing business. And these three men were going about their normal lives, their normal day. And then right about lunchtime, they had a surprise visitor. The story that I'm referring to is actually captured in the Gospel of Luke. We're going to read it together. It's from chapter 5, the first 11 verses. Our scriptures on the screen will read it. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and they were washing their nets. He got into one of those boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. And he sat down and he taught the crowds from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but we have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. 
And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came. And they filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that had been taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were the partners of Simon. And then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. They left everything and followed him. You see, this is an important day. This is a marker. This is a memory that instantly anyone there will automatically go back to. This is an important marker in the lives because according to Luke, this is the first time that Jesus begins to call disciples to follow him. Do you feel the energy? Do you feel that movement in the scripture? There's movement. There's life. There's energy there. Do you feel the movement of people when they're pressing down? The crowd is pressing in on Jesus, pushing him all the way to the water's edge. And there's movement when Jesus leaves the ground and goes into the boat offshore, and he's preaching and teaching as the boat sways. Do you feel that movement? And then there's movement when they cast those nets out, and they begin to pull in the nets. And they say, come, you, you have to help me. Come, partners. And there's movement when these men are pulling up all of these fish to come onto the boat, and then the boat begins to move and sink. And then there's movement when Jesus says to them, drop your nets and follow me. And they go. You feel that movement? There's another kind of movement in this scripture. And it's a movement that theologians, people who study this kind of thing, they call it horizontal movement. And horizontal movement is the movement of a message from Jesus outward and outbound. It's horizontal movement. It's movement of a message from Jesus outward and outbound. So there's a message from Jesus straight to Simon Peter, to James, to John, to the crowd. And then from the crowd to their family, to another family member, to another neighbor, to another friend, then from another city to another city, all the way here to our chapel, Roswell. And here we are still talking about that exact moment when three people decided to follow. God's movement is unconditional. It knows no bounds. It knows no limits. God's movement is unconditional and moves through time and people and places. There's another theologian. Her name is Amy. And Amy is both a trained scholar and a trained dancer. 
And she believes our whole religious experience can be summed up with movement. She says, religion is about experiencing God's movement and responding with your own movement. Religion is about experiencing God's movement and responding with your own movement. She calls it dancing. Don't worry. Dancing's biblical. It's actually in the scriptures. And we hear about a woman that danced. Her name is Miriam. And her story is in the book of Exodus. And when we meet Miriam, she's part of a group of people called the Israelites. This is the group of people who believed in the same God that we believe in, but they were trying to escape the wrath and the control of the Pharaoh of Egypt. And so this group of people, under the leadership of a man named Moses, they began to flee. They began to run, and they were leaving. And all of a sudden, they began to feel the press of the Egyptian crowd upon them all the way to the water's edge. You may know this story. And they are pressed upon with this Egyptian crowd. And God says to Moses, raise your hand. And the waters are parted. And this group of people, they run on dry land. The scripture says, when the horses of Pharaoh with his chariot drivers, went into the sea to follow. The Lord brought back the waters of this sea upon them. But the Israelites, this group of people who believed in the Lord, they walked the sea on dry ground. And then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, she took a tambourine in her hand and she danced. When we see God's movement, we must respond with movement. And yes, sometimes it's going to be a little awkward and embarrassing. <laughs> because you see, it's not really about my newly, my couple friends going, moving from one fast food restaurant to another. It's about newlyweds moving from being a newlywed to being honest with each other if this thing's going to work. It's not really about who I like to listen to. It's about a little boy growing up and moving into his own playlist. It's not really about fishermen. It's about business owners moving to be disciples. You experience God's movement and you respond with your own movement. At the nonprofit where I worked, we decided to do a little fundraiser called Dancing with Our Stars. I don't know, every town has one of these. Ours didn't at, uh, didn't at the time, and so we decided to try it. And so I had the distinct pleasure of being a part of it. And you know what this fundraiser looks like. You call and you find a bunch of local famous celebrities, and you pair them up with your local professional dancers. And they all dance for one big night, and it's fantastic, actually. It's wonderful. Well, I got to make all the first round of the phone calls. So I call the mayor. I call the judge executive. I call the county attorney. <laughs> I call the legislators. And I say this, boy, have I got an opportunity for you. I need you 
to partner up with this dance professional. I'm going to give you 10 hours of practice time, a bedazzled costume, and I'm going to need you to get on stage and dance for the first time of your life so the whole community can pay to come judge you. How's that sound? <laughs> Word spread. I was making these phone calls, and nobody took my call for a while. I had all my dance professionals lined up, but no celebrities. And my sweet husband came to my rescue. He said, oh, Marion, all right, I'll be a celebrity. <laughs> I said, honey, you're a preacher. He's like, I know, I know, I've got a huge fan base, so I'll be one of your local celebrities. And then he said, but here's the deal. I'm going to need to dance with that dance professional you got. You know, the NFL cheerleader named Brooke? And I was like, yeah, I know her. <laughs> and we're going to need to do a number to a hip-hop dance. <laughs> That's how he felt. He was excited. I looked right at him, and you know what I said? Nobody needs to see that. When I told my children that I might stand up right here on Chapel Roswell stage and dance for you, they said, no, please don't. We have to go back there. Sometimes dancing and moving can be embarrassing and awkward, but it's absolutely fantastic and it can be life-changing. Responding to God's movement is life-changing and awkward and embarrassing and fantastic. Because that night... Actually, those people said yes. I can't believe it still. That first round, they really did say yes. And that night was an incredibly wonderful night. The most perfectest, wonderfulest night we could have had because it brought around a group of people that had never been together before. It brought the whole town out, people who had never been under the same roof or under the same roof, and it made a difference. About a year later, I started making my, or I was about to start making my second round of calls for the second event. But instead, I got a phone call from our senator. Our senator actually had danced the year before. I still can't believe he did it. He said, Mary, you need to know something. I said, okay. He said, something happened that night. Something happened that night. He said, I think back to it all the time because something happened that night that made me change everything. He said, I live differently because of that night. He said, I love differently because of that night. He said, I look for a chance to dance with my wife as much as I can. And we have a stronger relationship because of it. And he said, I work differently because of that night. So I actually found myself in the Capitol hallway doing a little fancy footwork. And he said, somehow I'm a happier person. And I relate to people better because of that night. He said to me, my whole life changed when I learned how to dance. Respond with movement. When you feel God's movement, you respond with movement. 
Put your nets out and bring in the catch. Let your nets go and follow me. Do you feel that movement? Drop your nets and go on that mission trip. Drop your nets and come serve with us victims of human trafficking. Drop those nets and be a part of family promise that gives hospitality and meals to homeless families. Drop those nets and come volunteer with us at a local elementary school. Drop those nets and come to Honduras to see the school that this church helped build. Drop those nets and come and respond in service to Venezuela now crate. Drop your nets. Come to Peru on a medical mission trip. Drop your nets and respond in service. Can you feel that movement now? Chapel Roswell, Today, God is calling us. Today is a marker. Today is a memory. Today is a moment that is going to change everything. Today is the moment where you might even learn how to dance. Today is a special day because today God is calling us together collectively, and God is calling you right now. And for the record, I have absolutely no idea what God is calling you to do, but you do. You hear it. I know you hear it. And so we invite you to take today and never forget.